And hello and welcome to Seattle 2 from Moop. <laughs> oh, that's staying in it. Moop. Hello and you welcome. You came up with the title. This is Seattle 2 Unknown. I am Melinda. And I'm Sarah. And I'm actually currently in Seattle. And I am not. Uh, so Melinda and I met each other growing up in the Seattle area. But since then, I have moved from Seattle to Los Angeles, and then from Gross. Los Angeles, yeah, I agree. Los Angeles, and <laughs> from Los Angeles <laughs> to Dusseldorf, Germany. Not so I guess in that equation, hey, there might be others. Did you know that there's a Seattle in Mexico? No shit. We should go yeah, there. Yeah, well. It's like, it's Seattle to Seattle at that episode. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Um, yeah, so I've been in Germany for a few years now. But like I said, Melinda and I met each other when we were really little. Like, kindergarten, I think we determined. I think it was kindergarten, yeah. Yeah, Because, you so, know, you gotta do the youth group organization thing. Yeah, we were both in the same organization, different groups, same program. And there was this camping event that my group wanted to go to, and Melinda's didn't. Because and they so, were party poopers, like major party poopers. My group was not party poopers per se, but you not were nice like people. you were like like the the island of misfit toys group. Not not quite. Like there were a lot of us, but a lot of them had helicopter parents who were not super nice. So, but anyway. Um, my mom okay. basically adopted Melinda and her mom to come with us to this event. And before we went, uh, I think we were all like gearing up and packing our bags into the car at my mom and dad's house. And so Melinda was there with her mom. And I, I have dropped off. I don't think my mom went. I feel oh, like it got dropped off. That I am a strong, right. independent right. child and I don't need no parent. <laughs> Yeah, that's killing like love child you, mom. <laughs> Dropping me off. Being a strong, independent five-year-old who don't need no parents. No, I need my parents. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm pretty sure I got dropped off with your yeah, group. That sounds about right. Because there were so many helicopter parents already there that there weren't room for other parents. And I was like, okay, bye, you're fine. So I only have a vague recollection of our first interaction but apparently you have a much yes. greater memory of this yes like i've got it because it's a split level right yep your parents house was a split level and i remember you sitting on the stairs and you're trying to figure out putting on your shoes like which shoe went to what foot and i'm like oh i got this i can help you i know about shoes so i tried <laughs> to help you but you were still getting it wrong and you still had them on the wrong feet and you couldn't tie them either and it's like, oh, gosh, this kid. Okay. That is where your memory cannot possibly be right, because I only wore Velcro shoes. Or maybe it was somebody else trying to tie their <laughs> shoes. But, like, I remember you had your shoes on the wrong feet. And oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. That is a slight exaggeration. We were talking about this a couple weeks ago while I was at home. And you were making fun of me, which is kind of our thing. That's I say that as if I we're the only cool. friends. <laughs> Who make That's fun of each other. That's how you know that, like, I care is if I'm poking fun at you and, like, trying to make you cry. Yeah. So, Melinda was making... <laughs> yes, you do occasionally do that. 
So Melinda uh, was making fun of, of me. Tears of laughter. You were making fun of me about not being able to put my shoes on the right foot. And that very night, I'm going out to walk my dog. He's giving me his, oh my God, I think I have to poop Powell. Because even though he's over a year old, it still shocks him whenever he feels the urge to poop. Same. (laughs) That's sad. (laughs) I'm running into my sister's spare bedroom because we're staying at her house. I grab my shoes. I pull them on really quickly so I can run out after the dog. And I look down and I realize, cheesy crazy, I've got my shoes on the wrong feet again. 30 years old and still making the same mistakes. (laughs) Yeah, old habits die hard. At least like say it with a habit. I feel like 75% of the time you get your shoes on the right feet. I'm very proud of you. You've made some great progress since kindergarten. I don't know. You might be too generous. I'd say maybe like 50%. Oh, it's, it's because we're, we're in different areas. <laughs> I can't I can't monitor your shoeing. Yeah. So we've known each other, obviously, since we were way too quite long. Little. Yeah, way too long. Way too long. I read, a, I read a thing the other day that said, if you've been friends with someone for over seven years, you're stuck with them. I, Actually, they might have phrased it slightly more, a little bit nicelier than that. But um, the gist was Melinda stuck with me. Yeah. See, way too long. Seven yeah, years, I think, is, like, kind of low. I don't know. Because there's plenty of people in elementary school who I was friends with for seven years, and I would cross the street if I saw them coming now. Yeah. I feel like it needs to be longer, like, at least ten years or something. Yeah, at least. <laughs> Anyways, we have decided to start this travel podcast because um, there's a lot of misconceptions still about travel and, like, yeah. a lot of, like... <sighs> Odd, odd questions. I don't, maybe not odd, but like questions that should be easy that they're not. Like people just know. <laughs> Moose agrees. He's like, yes, yeah. we need to answer these questions about solid or liquids and how much can he take? So basically, one of the things that you get as a person who travels fairly frequently is a lot of weird questions. A lot of questions that kind of leave me scratching my head. And so... Yeah, I think we both at some point realized we like travel. We talk about it a lot. I don't know. You leave the country once and you come back and people have questions. People don't. They think it's harder than it is. It's more expensive than it is. But it doesn't have to be unless you want it to be expensive. Yeah, and that's the thing is I, as a member of a bunch of different travel groups, I think a lot of people think there's one way to travel. Or they're worried that they're traveling wrong. I think that's kind of what it There's just no such thing. And if you haven't traveled before, you might have a lot of ideas that aren't quite aren't quite correct. They're a little bit blown out of proportion. For instance, I have outdated outdated ideas of like what you're getting into. Yeah. Like the idea that, oh my goodness, if you go to Europe, you can't wear white tennis shoes. After Labor Day. Ever. I wouldn't wear white tennis shoes just because, like, they're not going to stay clean. Um, yeah, it's just not my I, thing. Right. Well, that's the thing is it's this sort of outdated information that people pass around as the gods hey, on the street. Rick Steves is a great travel guide. <laughs> Rick Steves is wonderful, but he's There's most wonderful if you're 40 or, you know, 60. Yeah. Or, you know, like, just, just trying to figure out travel and it's it's a good starting point. Yeah, I mean, I have this friend who's been talking about wanting to travel for as long as I've known her. And recently I tried to push her into booking a trip. And I told her, like, 
you can do this. Like, there's no reason that she personally can't travel. It is not as, it's not that expensive. And when she asked how expensive traveling would be, I said, well, I mean, two weeks, I'd budget like two to 3,000. And she gasped because she thought that 15,000 was what she would need. Well, if it's if you need fifteen thousand, I'm certainly not traveling. I'm I don't out. know what salary she thinks I'm making. <laughs> yeah, no. If, if it was that expensive, I would not have left the country. Yeah, that's... I, I wouldn't get a passport because that would just be too much. That's so much money in like two weeks, unless that's what you're going for, where you want to stay at like the big fancy hotels. That's cool. It's just I can't afford that. Yeah, and I like to eat, so I don't think anybody has the misconception that everyone can travel like it is absolutely a privilege but I think more people can travel than believe they can agreed definitely agreed yeah um getting a passport is way easier than I really thought it was um I thought that like once I had like all my paperwork together that I would kind of be like um questioned on like my citizenship and like my loyalty to the United States I thought it'd be a little bit more involved when you go to the office to submit your paperwork than it was like they're literally just there to make sure that you have everything filled out correctly and everything just filled out in general before they send it off it it wasn't a big like process it wasn't like a job interview like i thought it was gonna be <laughs> yeah and i think lots of people think that i mean granted i didn't have to get my first passport my parents got it for me when i was two or three um and I have really distinct memories of going to the office and being asked to identify, like, here's a picture of the president. What's his name? I'm like, I'm three. It's some old dude who stands next to the flag a lot. I don't know. George but, W? Uh, no. no, George. Just George. Well, Just George, George H.W. George. Yeah. <laughs> George the first. Not like George Washington, because you're not that old. But... And not to be confused with England's George the first. There's yep. been a George the first, right? Sure. I don't know my monarchy history. It's okay because we were separated. (laughs) We left that. They got the history in the divorce. They did get the history in the divorce. Yeah. But we'll get to that later. I think one of the things we want to explore is the idea that there is no one way to travel. There's no one way to travel. I don't know where I was going with that. There's no one way to travel? (laughs) No. No. um, And... We're not telling you that this is how you should travel either. It's just a suggestion to get you started. Like, if you want to get out there and see places in the world, use this as a starting guide. Like, you know, tell us what you think. Find us on Twitter. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's just, like, use use this to get you started. Don't be afraid. Just, just go with it. Go yeah, with and it. And I think we both had a point where we needed someone to give us the push. To go and do it. Um, Who pushed you to travel? You were my push. Uh, one of my coworkers had just gotten back from a trip to China around the time when I scheduled my first trip to New Zealand. And that was after you lived abroad. Well, yeah, that's true. So I studied abroad in high school in Germany, and my sole motivator to tr- do this year abroad when I was only 16, 17 was the fact that my sister had done one when she was 20. And my main goal in life when I was 16 was to do everything my sister did, but better and sooner so that I could show off. So that was my first push. (laughs) 
And you know what? I am thankful for that weird sibling rivalry. Yeah. So I did a solo trip out of when I was first, well, when I was first most annoyed with my last job. That sentence didn't make a whole lot of sense, but go with me. So Um, when you were first getting annoyed with the job you had in California. Yeah, exactly. So I was in a sort of dead end job for quite a while. And I decided I was going to go back to school and get my MFA. So I got into a really good school and then they sent me my financial aid packet. And it was basically like you open up the folder and it says, LOL, you're getting nothing. And so I had saved up money to go to school, but not enough to get me through even a single semester. And one of my coworkers had just gotten back from China and she was showing me all of her travel photos. And I'm sitting there just like silently fuming while nodding my head and smiling. But inside I'm going oh, I hate you so much for getting to do that. <laughs> and so the I took the money I saved. Yeah, oh, it is real and it is painful. So I booked a ticket to New Zealand by myself because a certain someone hadn't gotten her passport yet. It and was kind of spur of the moment that you decide you're going. It feels like, I don't know, like it, it was like school in um, the Midwest to all of a sudden like, hey, I'm going to New Zealand instead. Screw school. Yeah, I mean, Northwestern at winter or New Zealand in summer. I think I'm Uh, going with New Zealand in summer. Yeah. Yeah, and I think my first solo trip, aside from studying abroad, because that wasn't really solo. No. was kind of a trial by fire. It was every little mistake you could possibly make because you're overthinking it, I made it. Like, I thought, oh, I want to save myself as much time traveling as possible. So I'm going to take overnight buses between cities, which sounded really good at the time. And I was like 25-ish, I'd say. So young enough that doing stupid things that screw with your sleep wasn't totally detrimental. (laughs) (laughs) But like I'm boarding a night bus. No, it was. Oh God, it was awful. I boarded a night bus from Rotorua down to Wellington and I get on the bus and there's one empty seat, just one seat in the entire massive double-decker bus. And I'm looking at it like, what is wrong with this seat? And like, as I approach the seat, everyone is looking at me like, oh no, oh no. Like, it's not clicking for me. What is wrong? And I get to the seat and I sit down. Wait, wait, and the can person, I guess? Do they pee? I in mean, it? no, no, it's worse. <laughs> no, oh, okay. I sit down. And so, one of the weird things about me is that I have a really, really weak sense of smell. Yes. I can hardly smell anything unless it's super strong. So, I'm sitting there for a minute, and the person next to me is looking, me, looking at me like I'm crazy or like I'm a flight risk. Like, there's all kinds of weird things going across this person's face. So when I boarded the bus, I was wearing a rain jacket. So I took it off and I sat back down and the seat is warm and damp. Oh. And I'm sitting there going, oh, something is wrong. Something is wrong. And after a couple of minutes, it hits me. Like the overwhelming, like acidic smell of vomit. Oh no! Oh! But I'm now on like a nine hour bus ride through the night. I've got to get some sleep because I have plans the next morning when I arrive in Wellington. 
And it turns out the vomiter had been kicked off the bus at the stop that I had gotten on at. Um, And because they had gotten so incredibly drunk from the Auckland to Rotorua leg of the trip that they had just projectile vomited all over the place. Oh, good Lord. And the other seats were fine because the people had been sitting in them. So they cleaned themselves off and they've still got a comfy seat. Oh, God, I've got this seat that's completely covered in vomit and I have zero option. It's the only place I can sit for the rest of the ride. That is, that just is really shitty that, like, there's no other options. And they, like, you're committed, like... Mm-hmm. You sat in it, like, there's, what do you do? Yeah. I've already got the vomit on the seat of my pants. Like, they had cleaned it off as much as they can, but how, it's liquid. Like, it's soaked into the seat. Yeah, but I mean, like, by the time you've gotten to the stop and everything, like, it's it's there. It's It lives there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. It lives there now. It was the first moment where I went, oh, this was a bad idea. It seemed so clever at first. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea. It's just it was a bad idea for that person to get that drunk. Yeah. And be on a bus oh, for God. that long. It was so uh, awful. And so I just sat there for the next nine hours. Did they, I like, think? applaud for you and, like, give you a medal or something when you got off the bus? No, because I stunk. Like, I put my raincoat back under me to sit on, but it the damage it's too is late. already the damage done. done. Yeah. Oh. That's <laughs> I didn't know that. Ooh. Yeah. So one of the things that I learned really quickly was you've just got to roll with the punches because stupid stuff is going to happen, whether you plan for it or not. And sometimes it happens because you planned a little too hard. Yes. Uh, over planning schedule that's like one of the things that we have a good laugh over on like the travel groups is that people have like every second of their day just like completely scheduled and planned out that's insane that's not how you do your normal life I saw one the other day that was 12 days in a different city every single day like oh honey no like flying or driving I believe it was trains because it was all in Italy Which is more doable than some of the plans where you see that it's like London, Paris, Madrid, Berlin, Moscow. And you're like, like, oh. Like everywhere. You're not going to see anything. I mean, you can see some cool sceneries on a train, but you're not really experiencing anything. After a few minutes on on the train, the countryside all looks the same and you're going to fall asleep. Oh, yeah. No, I'm good at that. (laughs) I'm really good at that. I get bored and like the what's what is there to do? You take a nap. Nobody even mugs you. It was like a few years ago when we were in London and we were taking the channel to Cologne. I mean Paris and then Cologne or Bruges and then Cologne. No, Brussels and Brussels. Then Cologne. No, it was it was like, Paris, Brussels, then another train from Brussels to Cologne. And the day before I was telling you don't make that face at me. I was telling you how excited I was to pass through Aachen because Aachen was where I studied. And we were pulling through Aachen and I'm sitting there like tearing up a little bit and kind of fanning myself. And I look over and you are dead asleep. You didn't even wake me up. <laughs> no, I don't wake no, you up. Just, That's never a good plan. I just, I don't know. It's it's something if like I can do, I can do um, like road trips. But if I'm not driving, I might fall asleep at some point. 
especially like depending on who's like the road trip buddy if it's my sister i'm probably gonna fall asleep a little bit faster <laughs> but like you know like a certain people like i can stay awake like if i'm dri- if i'm the driver i'm i'm good to go but if i'm just the passenger and like nothing's really going on or the music sucks i'm out i'm out at some point we need to tell the story of our san francisco to la road trip yes yes that'll be the next episode that was your first uh, solo uh, trip. My solo trips are all driving down to see you in California. <laughs> yeah, we'll take, get into that for another day naps because at that rest stops like a rebel by myself. That story is um, oh my god, it is amazing, and it marks the very last time I ever ate a Ghirardelli product with very ever? good reason ever. Oh. You trip balls off of too much sugar once. You don't do it again. I don't know. It's kind of fun. That was freaking <laughs> hilarious. No, that was that was good times. But should we talk about overthinking and overplanning in our very first adventure? See how that goes. Yeah. Go See ahead, how that go goes. Ahead. Like it's like it's a new story to both of us. Like how was that trip? How many um, times have we tried recording this? Just twice. It's cool. <laughs> we got this. Uh, so our very first trip after I figured out like oh this was really easy to get a passport. They just give it to anybody. <laughs> um, That's the takeaway from this story. You know, it, it's just, it's a lot easier. It just, it's a little spendy, but it's totally worth it. Just because we are fortunate enough being um, U.S. citizens that you can go pretty much anywhere. Yeah, A lot of places have still let you in. Still, for now. Still, for now, for now. Uh, yeah, it's not the best passport in the world to have, but it's pretty high up on the list. It, I'm 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 thankful for that, for sure. Yeah, and if you think of the passport as the price being divided up over the 10 years it's valid or 5 years if you're underage, it's a pretty decent investment. It's not so bad. I uh I paid the little bit higher cost to get it expedited to me because my sister wanted to go up to Canada for her Oh shoot, was that her 30th birthday? It might have been because she she wanted to go to the suspension bridge that was up in uh, <laughs> Vancouver. Yeah, the Capilano Bridge, I think. Yeah, which uh, she was not really prepared to be uh, asked like very simple questions of like your purpose of going into Canada from the the border control people. This is still one of my favorite stories because uh, your sister way overthought it. She did. It was it was my sister and I and then a couple friends that we did uh, day camp with that Sarah also participated in sometimes. But, you know, they just they just want to know, like, how we knew each other and like, what was our purpose? Are you meeting anybody up there? Like, you know, like not that big of a deal questions. They're just trying to make sure that you're not going to do anything sketchy in Canada, you know, land of the polite and maple syrup. So, you know, she's she's overreacting and kind of like getting defensive answering these questions as if. They're interrogating her when really they yeah. just want to know business or pleasure, essentially. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's the better way to do it is kind of make it a ca- casual conversation. Like, hey, what are you doing in Canada? Like, what's your purpose? Are you meeting anybody there? Do you know somebody here? Like, not Where a big are you staying? When are you returning? That kind of yeah, stuff. Like, are you spending the night? Are you just a day trip? Like, what are you doing? But instead, I, I was the- not there. But oh. I've heard this story a hundred times and it makes me this laugh every so time. It's so good. It's just... I, ah, she needs to relax more when she's going through like security and stuff because uh, that's that's another that's a whole nother episode. Like I've got stories for you. <laughs> so the 
Border Patrol agent says, what is your purpose? And what does Michelle say? We're going to the suspension bridge. Yeah, she says, we're going up to see a bridge. Which nothing sounds fishier than saying, we're here to see your infrastructure. Although I imagine a terrorist probably wouldn't say, we're here to see a bridge. Because a terrorist would be slick. Yeah, they're going to be a little bit more prepared for this. Not prepared. (laughs) They're like, oh, oh, you stupid Americans. I just, I love the... Like, the wheels that were probably turning through the Border Patrol person's head. Like, they want to see our bridges? They want to see bridges. That's what like do I do with this information? Bridge. Yeah, like, should I be worried? <laughs> nah, she's too freaked out and worried. She ain't doing anything. <laughs> yeah, I've been up to see the Capilano Bridge a handful of times. And really no cool. one has been able, no one's been able to make me cross it yet. Oh, which is funny because one of the girls that was with us is terrified of heights and she just went back like the other day. You just stand there and look at other people crossing it and be like, have a great time, folks. Uh, no, the best part is, is because there's so many people that are there because it's it's kind of a big deal. Um, there's people that are stopping and taking pictures everywhere, like every five seconds. So then you're mm-hmm. in the background of everybody's photos. So what do you do? You make weird faces and poses because you're going to be photobombing all of them. Just like, I'm cute in your photo. Like, mm, model. It was great. My friend and I photobombed. Melinda just made a lot of weird poses. Asian poses. And I can say Asian poses because she is, in I fact, Asian. Asian. And we were totally photobombing another Asian people couple's <laughs> photos. Like, uh, I kind of feel bad because we probably ruined those photos. But... um. It was also really hilarious that we kept making stupid poses and yet they still kept taking pictures like every five steps. So it's like, <laughs> you brought this upon yourself. I'm sorry. I'm going to be looking ugly in your photos. You're stuck with them. How did we get on this topic when we were going to talk about our first trip together? Because this is why I got my passport. Well, it's not why I got my passport, but it's like why I expedited my passport. We, we went back to passports, but our first trip. Yeah, so... Ever since I got out of college and moved to LA, Melinda has come down to visit me in California at least once a year. I think our final year you came down twice, once in the summer and once yeah. towards your in birthday. October. It was my birthday, yeah. yeah. Ow. I just punched myself with my mug. <laughs> so next time you make fun of me for putting my shoes on the wrong feet, just remember your difficulties with drinking. I was just like aggressively trying to get my tea. What can I say? <laughs> That sounded way more insidious than I meant it to be. She is, in fact, drinking tea as far I as I can tell. Tea. It's tea. I showed you. Okay. Um. I, yeah, I'm not quite sure why we started talking about traveling. I guess we both realized that we wanted to go to London, like, go see the world. Yeah, I don't, well, know. I I don't remember we did, it. We did vacation in L.A. five years in a row, which wasn't super vacation and vacation-y for me because I lived in LA. I know. Sorry. And so, <laughs> well, I mean, we had a great many adventures in LA. Did. But I think at some point I was like, hey, you know what's cool? Not LA. Not, not this country. <laughs> Going to and then I did, I did my New Zealand trip. I think that gave me the motivation to keep motivating you because it was so fun I was like you would make this more fun I almost said funner you would make this more fun if we went somewhere together (laughs) you came along and we're just not getting kicked out of countries or anything (laughs) we have not been kicked out of any country yet so high five 
What? Yeah, Melinda just high-fived her screen, in case you were wondering. High-five. Just gonna high-five. And high-fived herself. Yeah. Good start <laughs> me. So I think the idea, at least my rationale, was Melinda has not really been out of the country. She has been up to see that bridge. Which what, was what, a Canada? successful trip, as far as I'm aware. It was, I got uh, to sleep maybe. in a Harry Potter room at my friend's place in Bellingham. So yeah, it was successful. <laughs> my thought was, let's do something easy for our first trip together. Because I didn't know how you would be able to handle things yet. I figured you'd probably Me neither. be fine, But someplace English speaking would probably be ideal for the first time out. I think it's a good uh, starting point, having English. So, you know, you don't so, have that giant culture shock. And because we, I guess for a lot of people, not just us, your idea of traveling the first time is, oh my God, let's cram every possible thing we can get in because who knows when we're coming back. And boy, did we cram stuff in. We did, even before things started going awry, we had London, Dublin, Glasgow, Edinburgh, and London again planned. And then things went awry. And I also convinced Melinda she wanted to go to a concert in Germany. So we did Which, all of those cities. Plus it was kind of okay flow. because in high school, I took a couple of years of German. So I can very poorly say, hello, my name is. Um, so it's like, and- why not? I never thought I would actually get to go to Germany and like kind of use my German. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it was kind of exciting. I think a l- a lot of people go, okay, I'm, I may never come back to Europe again. Let's hit 20 cities in two weeks. We didn't quite get that many, but we definitely overpacked it. Um, I don't feel like we over... It, it was a lot. It was kind of a whirlwind tour, but it was kind of nice having like London being our hub. But we just didn't plan mm-hmm. out like, oh, this airport's far from the city and we're getting back late. And how's like are there still going to be buses running to get us back surprise there almost wasn't there almost was our biggest issue and we didn't have the right um the right fare to ride that bus but i think the driver is just like whatever just get on just (laughs) felt bad catching the next to last bus or the last bus seems to be a recurring theme for us (laughs) or missing the buses potentially we're not sure on that one in China, so. Oh, yes, China. That's a whole fun story for another day. Yeah. That is, yeah. That first trip was a whole lot of, like, oh, we're, like, missing our transport. Yep. Because so, we left so late out of LAX that we realized we weren't going to have enough time to um, get to our next flight because the first night we were supposed to fly to London and then fly out to uh, Dublin same mm-hmm. same day. And we're just we're just watching the clock and like we're running out of time. And we had to rebook a flight for the next day out from LAX. But then it's like, where do we stay the first night? Uh, you mean London, not LAX. yeah. Like, well, you know, once we got to London from LAX, it's like, where are we mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna be in London, but we have no place to stay. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that I never told you about those tickets. If it comes out. <laughs> Uh, when I booked them, so I believe the connect, we were supposed to land at noon and the connecting flight was at 4 p.m. Or so I thought what it actually said was that the connecting flight was at 14 o'clock. 
<laughs> oh my hours. god i'm always gonna have to double you've done this again so the what i thought was a four-hour layover was actually a two-hour layover and when our flight was delayed there was no way we we're gonna connect that so surprise i made us rebook those tickets because i booked them wrong <laughs> so no matter what we were gonna have to get another flight oh nice uh-huh nice did you notice how I waited like five years to tell you about that? <laughs> so we needed to wait five years to to talk about other things then. Yeah, <laughs> the, the that. thing where I cost us both like a hundred euros each. Yeah. Always have spare money and just in case you have to uh yeah, rebook things because someone's really bad at like time conversions apparently. Well, I'm fine with it now, but I was just so rusty uh, at no. the time. Nope, I question that. You did it again. When? China. When? You're you're leaving flight. It wasn't oh. in the afternoon, it was in the morning. Yeah. So That was slightly different though, because I was switching between a twenty four hour and a twelve hour clock over and over again. So I didn't know which one I was looking at. Okay, you know what? Time is hard. How is the takeaway from this podcast that I'm an idiot? How did I get into this? <laughs> you did a <laughs> podcast with me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Someday we will turn the tables on this. So now I learned that, like, no matter what, we had to rebook that flight. And it wasn't just because it was getting later and later that we were taking off. It was both things. But the big issue, the big takeaway is that book your tickets on the same ticket. Like, we had booked the flight into London and then separately the flight into Dublin. And if you book those on the same ticket and your flight is late, they have to put you on the next flight. If you book them separately and your flight is delayed, you're screwed. Because if you book them together... It's their responsibility. Yeah, they they know that you're running late or like, so either they'll hold the flight if it's not that big of a deal or like they'll find you another. They'll find you a way. Yeah, well, we were going to get there one way or another, but I, I wasn't going to tell you that at the airport when you were sitting there and you were a little bit nervous that's when I gave nervous, you the big. That was new. That's oh, how we you started. Were just a it's little no baby. Exactly. Yeah. We were at the airport, and I was like, "Okay, so here's the thing. Sometimes when you travel, shit just happens, and you just gotta go with it." And in the back of my mind, I'm going, "And the shit is you. You are the shit in this situation. You are the shit." Specifically talking to yourself, not me. Yes, not yeah. you. Me in the back of my head to myself because I knew I screwed it up surprise but we're just like shrug it's an adventure we booked a flight um waiting to board ours and then yeah. um we just decided once we got into london that we'd figure out where we're gonna stay yeah and that just set off a series of not horrible things it was not a series of unfortunate events although no. they were kind of unfortunate that was the like, only unfortunate thing because we were, we were kind of out the money but no point getting mad over it I mean, luckily, it wasn't that much money. We really lucked out because those flights weren't expensive. But so we had to rebook our connecting flight. And then we landed in London thinking, oh, no big deal. We're going to find a hostel or a hotel or someplace. But there was some sort of convention going on and everything was booked up. So, yeah, the hostel ended up being pretty expensive. And we had to contact the hostel we were going to in Dublin and tell them to hold our room because we weren't going to be there. It was just the next day. Yeah, things just piled up and up. And I think we were both getting a little stressed. Like this was supposed to be our first big adventure together. And it wasn't stressful until it's like, oh, getting a room for today is a little bit harder than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, well, because this conference had everything that was nearby 
was booked in full. There were no vacancies. Yeah. Yay, conferences. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we we found a place. We ate the cost. It wasn't bad. No, uh, I think in the end, it probably cost us, like, 150 to 200 bucks. Which, you know, it's an emergency. It, it could have been way worse. We could have and been I sitting like on that, park benches. In retrospect, neither of us thought to use our insurance. Which, granted, it wouldn't have worked. Oh, okay. Because, I'm like, because it was our fault. Yeah, well, it was my yeah. fault. Yeah. But neither of us even thought of it. No. Oh, I still haven't thought about it until you just brought it up today. <laughs> That's our, we do that fairly frequently. Something goes wrong, we eat the cost, and then two years later we go, hey, travel insurance. Like when we tried to go to Sweden. <laughs> oh. God damn it. Oh. Damn See, it. You can travel an absolute ton and still make little stupid mistakes. And that's okay. Because little stupid mistakes And you know, I'm always thinking, like, just in case, you know, I have my travel insurance and, like, this is going to be covered and it'll be good. I'll never freaking use it. Did you try to file a claim after the Japan thing when they made us change all, all of our names and on the tickets? Um, no. I think we, we thought about first. that, too. We did. That was, like, the one time we thought, oh, we'll use a travel insurance for this one. Yeah, but the upside was is that because we were stuck in London a night that we didn't think we were going to need to be there, we kind of wandered around London in the dark and acted like idiots for a little while, which was fun. We got fabulous fish and chips because what else do you do when you're in London? Uh Uh-huh. And um, Uh we walked to it, so Sarah got a fabulous uh, tour that I made up of this building that I decided was a child prison because it had all the features and the markings. So I was just making I a... I don't know. How does one identify a child prison? Uh, it, it was a, a foreboding-looking uh, brick building, I think, with, like, like the gates over the windows. So you can't you get, like, in or out. like, 90% of London. I know. <laughs> I know. It just, it just fit, okay? And I made up history about it. And I, I learned that I had a good skill about making up tours. Because if you say things with confidence, especially, like, dates... Like, people don't really, they, they kind of raise an eyebrow, like, are you full of, like, just garbage right now? Or do you know what you're talking about? Um, but it was a fabulous for... tour. And as we kept walking and seeing different features of the building, it's like, oh, my God, it fits my story. <laughs> and for people who are wondering, is Melinda full of garbage? Oh, I am. Frequently. Yeah, Frequently. I'll make things up and say it with confidence just because it's, it's funny. It's funny. And it makes for good times, you know? Good, good history lesson of a place that I've never been to except for like as of this moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I know think... about this random building we're walking past. Where am I? Yeah, I think that was that trip was really good for us because the things that went wrong were really low stakes and things we could recover from. And we kind of adopted the attitude that it's an adventure. Anything Tomato. that happens that goes wrong it's a good story to tell later we just shrug and say it's an adventure and then we forget to use our travel insurance when it's applicable except for the only time you have not said it's an adventure is when i had you bring a suitcase to me in germany and the wheel broke off and the second you got into my apartment oh my god your suitcase is broken what a nightmare mama it's an adventure no oh oh okay no i was saying that to myself (laughs) as i'm like lugging this giant suitcase that's bulging full of stuff which i didn't realize that was not how it was supposed to start but like it was it was packed to the gills with stuff and the wheel broke and it's just me like trying to navigate like german trains by myself 
<laughs> I would like to point out I did not that was like as heavy as case. I case. Well, I mean, you did, but you did not make it that full. And yeah, I'm like, uh, I feel so lied to. It wasn't going to be this heavy. It wasn't going to be a big I problem. Like it was, it was bad. But that's what I told myself when, to keep from crying. <laughs> when I left it with my parents, it weighed 25 pounds. By the it was time like, it arrived, it was 50. Yeah. I, I felt so betrayed. And then until you opened it and started going through it and like telling me like I did not pack this. I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense now. Uh, and to be clear, it was not baggage handlers slipping things into my bag. I was not suddenly a drug mule. My mom had cracked it open and started shoving other stuff in it that she thought I'd need. Which we're not sure if it got searched and they left it the, like unlocked or if it was your mom. Probably my mom. Because I didn't think to check it. I thought I was just good to go, whatever. So, Oh, quickly on the subject of baggage handlers getting into your cases. When I moved to Germany a few years ago, I brought two suitcases and carry-on and all that and a cat. But that's another story. When I got my suitcases back to my apartment, I opened it up and inside it was full of pencil shavings. Like someone had opened my suitcase and decided... I need to take some notes, but my pencil is dull. One sec, folks. And sharpened How am I supposed it. to inventory all this shit with all the, without a sharp pencil? That's exactly <laughs> what they were thinking. Yeah, and it was just full. Like, they must have shaved easily an inch off of this stupid pencil over my suitcase. That is the weirdest thing ever. I don't we- understand it to this day. It is baffling to me god we should be baggage handlers just to mess with people like that just little random (laughs) things like all of a sudden you have like a rubber duck that's in your your suitcase now what i love is in travel groups when someone's like well i brought my vibrator with me but when i got to my destination it was gone we should do the opposite just put brand new vibrators into people's suitcases (laughs) i feel like that's gonna get expensive (laughs) yeah but fun Maybe once a year on April Fool's Day. No, Christmas. <laughs> so just put December. a bow on it and a note that says from your secret Santa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll always wonder who put it in there. Oh, good Lord. No, no, that's weird. <laughs> I would be very freaked out because then it's like, I have to touch this to get this out. I don't know where it's been. Well, in the wrapping. That's not as fun. But maybe break the seal on one end just to leave them wondering. Oh, God. (laughs) Terrible idea. Uh, You laugh because you know it's a wonderful Uh, idea. Not on the receiving end. No. No. Not not on the receiving end. Um, Okay, fine. What would you put in it? What would you put in there? I said I would, like, instead of just pencil shavings where it's, a mess and inconvenient i would sneak in like rubber ducks or something something odd that's like clearly something you didn't pack but that would be like, i could get it at the dollar store you're gonna get a whole bunch of like little plastic dinosaurs yeah i would still go for vibrators or underwear <laughs> oh god <laughs> could you imagine you're just opening it up and you're like that's not my underwear someone is I going mean- to get home unpack their suitcase and their wife is going to be like whose thong is this I mean, it's bad enough when you're, like, mid-trip and you just have your carry-on for your luggage and then you get the, the TSA search and they're, like, having to go through everything. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Everything's dirty. Everything. And they have to open kind of, like, rummage through everything. And you're like, I haven't done laundry yet. I'm sorry. That shirt's seen some stuff. It was, it was warmer than I anticipated. When we were going through security in China, I saw security people putting on 
medical masks to search bags. Oh, like, man, God, how bad is their luggage? It was hot. <laughs> they, they China need, like, was the, very hot. The thick rubber gloves. It's like I just sweated all over everything, and I am so sorry. <laughs> everything in here is gross. The only clean things are what I'm wearing. Ugh, yeah, bad. it was hot. Yes, it was. Okay, so maybe <clears throat> before we go, do we both want to offer one travel tip that we think is useful? I have one ready, so if you don't, I can cover oh, for both oh, of us. You, you go first, and then I'll think of mine and make it better than okay. yours. So there is one mistake that I make every time. As a single person, I do not keep a lot of food in my house. And so time after time, I come home, I open the fridge while I'm jet lagged and filthy and exhausted, and there's nothing there. So this isn't really a travel tip. It's a return trip. Before you leave on a trip, buy something frozen, like a pizza or like TV dinner, something so that you don't have to run to a store, you don't have to order expensive food. Just have something there so when you get home, you have something quick, easy, and edible. Because literally when I came home from Christmas, I had a can of corn, can of beans, and some taco seasoning. Come on, it's like being on Chopped. You got this. 30 minutes, go. I ate corn with taco seasoning. Oh. That's I had a can. Yeah, it was bad. But it was a holiday in Germany, so there was nothing open. I could order food, which what I ultimately was a ended up doing. Um day after Christmas is a holiday. Well it's Boxing Day. Yeah, but everything's closed. Or did I get No, you got back later know. this time. Nothing was open. I don't know. But I ended up ordering food. German takeout is not very good. So I spent like twenty bucks on food that made me feel icky so yeah frozen pizza that's the way to go that's good that's smart um my advice or closing tip would be like when you get home just put everything in the washing machine just take out all your clothes and put it in the washing machine right away because then it won't sit it's not gonna happen for a really long time just like just everything everything that's in the bag everything i'm wearing everything just goes in the washing machine and i go directly to the shower and like wash off the airplane Yep. And you feel and a lot better. Tangentially related, before you go on vacation, don't put something in the washing machine and then leave it there for two and a half weeks. Because I did oh, that this time. Oh, gross. And I had a very, very moldy duvet. Oh, gross. Yeah. That's Rest tragic. in peace, duvet. But my thought had been, oh, I'm going to have clean bedding when I get home. And then I ran out of time to finish it. And I had very unclean bedding when I returned home. Yeah. Joke's on you. Whoops. Serves me right for trying to be proactive. Yeah. But not active enough. (laughs) Crawl into bed. It's fine. It's cleaner than what you were sitting in like five hours ago on the plane. This is true. And much cleaner than that bus seat in Oh, gross. (laughs) Also, if there's one seat left and everybody's looking at you a little freaked out, you know, use precaution before sitting down. And maybe just stand up the whole way. Yeah. (laughs) And then when in doubt, just shrug your shoulders and just tell yourself or your travel buddy, hey, it's an adventure. (laughs) I think that's a solid closing. I think we should end on that. Yeah, let's go with that. All right. So, yeah, thank you for listening to us ramble for like an hour. Mm -hmm. And come back when we have our next episode up, whenever that'll be. Because, boy, howdy, do we have some good stories. Uh, Like nearly being kidnapped in China. Or were we? Politely. 
<laughs> politely kidnapped. Politely kidnapped. <laughs> uh, we're on Twitter, and I think that's about it. It's just Seattle to Unknown. Right. Uh, I think it's I think C to Unknown oh. because Seattle to Unknown is too long. Oh, but okay, we'll figure this out and we'll tell you for realsies. Uh, we don't have a real schedule yet, but we'll try and figure that out too. Just, just like us, listen to us. Yeah, all Follow the time us on Twitter, and we'll, we'll figure out other things to tell you. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so until <laughs> till next time, this is Seattle to Unknown. Just remember, it's an adventure. Yes, it is. Bye. Bye.